Hoo boy, Veronica, here we go. Mm-hmm. Our last ever conversation about the Halloween franchise. Wow. Yeah. I guess, you know, people are really expecting this. They want they want closure. So I'm I'm glad we're in a position to deliver it. One hundred percent. People have been waiting for this final conversation, this final podcast episode about Halloween for so long, and I think I know the best way for us to do it. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, let's talk about what makes our podcast and our discussion about Halloween great, right? It must be the time when we are silent and are not really talking about any of the movies and provide like kind of like no when we have nothing to say oh my god you are thinking my exact thoughts we should do this conversation by not doing the conversation Mm -hmm. just kind of fucking around talking about other stuff but like not talking about that stuff well and then like only get to the conversation we've been promising people in like i don't know the last five minutes yeah i mean people are gonna listen they have nothing better to do and and we got them yeah crazy idea what if we like introduce a stranger that like no one knows or cares about his opinions about anything and then maybe he can talk about halloween a little bit veronica i was thinking the exact same thing we need a new host that we bring in right now he should stick with me here not be interesting Uh and he should come in here and he should have really not much to say Mm -hmm. and then like people will be like i kind of see the connection here but they're not executing it well and then he'll just leave the conversation and we'll get on with it that that sounds amazing who wouldn't listen to this uh the fans i think we got something great And I'm totally sure that the listening audience cannot guess how we feel about this movie. (laughs) Well, check out our podcast, live streaming on every service and on Peacock. Oh, yeah. We're releasing this on Peacock as well. (laughs) Sounds great. Toot toot. Sometimes I worry that our intros do spoil how we feel about a movie a little bit. But sometimes that's good. Maybe someone wants to get to the point. Unlike the Halloween movie. (laughs) Burn. Yes. If you could guess it, A, we're talking about Halloween ends. And B, we both loved it. It was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is Box Office Talling Machine. I'm John Bershad. I'm Veronica Yarovsky. Hello. (laughs) Veronica, what is it we do on this podcast? Uh, Well, we watched the number one movie at the box office, either this week of our Lord or X decades ago of our Lord on the same weekend. (laughs) Even though we do frequently forget to do those older episodes, but that's not important. Today we're talking. We have life (laughs) issues happening. It happens. It is true. We are talking about Halloween ends. Veronica, what is your history with the Halloween franchise? Uh, well, I only saw the first Halloween, which I only saw when the Halloween from 2018 came out, leading up Mm -hmm. to it. And I enjoyed both of those movies. I actually thought they worked really well together. And in some ways, I really like this. I enjoyed the newer Halloween better because I saw just the first one and it felt like, a, I don't know, like a journey. Sort of, I could, I could believe this woman has been haunted by this for 40 years. And that's like, you know, it felt like I felt the gravity of like her predicament. Um, 
and I did not see the next one. I did not see Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills? Because uh, I heard it sucks. And I am forced to watch this one again because it's number one at the box office. So that is my history with it. Yeah, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends filmed back to back. Um, you'd think uh, they would use that to make a connecting story. Uh, no, you, you don't need to see Halloween Kills in any way. No, um, I think yeah. they also have a flashback recap at the beginning of this one, which, to be honest, I was I was thankful for. They told me that Judy Greer died. They, I think they said a bunch of other stuff about how people have become, I guess, more on edge and have been killing each other sort of because of Michael Myers, but not like by Michael Myers, which I thought. I guess if I could say one positive thing, I think that is actually an interesting concept for a movie. How a fear of a thing actually makes people worse and more barbaric and brutal in the absence of that thing. And sort of what is the influence of a traumatic event such as a mass murder rampage several times over on a town such as Haddisfield. But that is... Not what this movie is about. The movie teases that and very much ignores that for the duration of the movie until, I guess, the last scene. Uh, so, yeah. I agree. I do think that's a good idea. And I, I disagree. I do think that's what this movie was trying to be about. Same with Halloween Kills. I just think the execution in both movies was botched horribly. Uh, I'll return. Um, I have a very uh, a sweet spot in my heart for the Halloween franchise. Um, that was the first. I can't decide if that or Alien. I forget which. One of those was the first horror franchises I ever watched back to back. Like every week I'd rent a the next mm. movie in the series. This would have been probably sixth grade or fifth grade. Um, oh, wow. And... If it was, if Alien came first, right after I finished Alien, I moved on to Halloween. And if Halloween came first, right after I moved on to Alien. So I don't remember which one it was, but it was very special to me, imprinted on me. I watched them all. I loved them all. I was young enough to be like, I don't know. I think these middle ones are okay. <laughs> um, but then I saw Halloween 2018 and I was shocked how much I liked it. I thought it was genuinely really good. Then... I saw Halloween Kills, and I thought it was shockingly bad. <laughs> I was like, how did the exact same people make these same two movies? Um, and if you have not seen Halloween Kills, uh, I have this is a little, uh, a, a little anecdote to show the reception to Halloween Kills. Uh, Halloween 2018 made a bazillion dollars, which is why they then made a trilogy. They were originally going to only make one sequel well first they were going to make just the 2018 and if that didn't make any money that was it but if it did make money they were going to make a sequel then they made too much money so they did a, a peter jackson's hobbit and turned it into a trilogy bad i i don't really know i anyway um <laughs> halloween kills came out but like halloween 2018 everyone's fucking jazzed on michael myers the world is fucking psyched we love Jamie Lee Curtis. We love Laurie Strode. Halloween Kills comes out. I have never seen friends so angry. <laughs> and these are not friends that care about the Halloween series. But two of our friends, uh, <laughs> Nick and Steph, were, were just like shaking with anger when they walked <laughs> out of that movie. Because it was so bad. And I had a very hard time finding people who wanted to come see Halloween Ends with me in the theater. Mm. Half the people I asked said, oh, I'm not really into horror movies. Which, you know, they're bad. Those are, that's, those are stupid people. Uh, those, those are people are wrong. Um, but the other half said, oh, yeah, I love horror movies. But I saw Halloween Kills, and I do not want to see another one. <laughs> I, the day that I saw Halloween Ends, I went to a horror movie fan convention. I have never, like, I'm not a convention guy, but a friend of mine was like, hey, John, I know you love horror movies. Come to this convention. I went to the convention with him. I'm like, hey, man, you want to come see Halloween Ends later? And he said, again, a guy who invited me to a horror movie fan convention, he said, oh, 
absolutely not. In fact, let me rearrange the time when we go to the convention so that I have time to drive you home so that I don't get tricked into going to see Halloween ends. <laughs> That's how badly Halloween kills salted the earth. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. But yeah, my expectations were very low. My After Halloween Kills, my bar was so low. I the, My only bar for this movie was, please be better than the 2022 Hellraiser sequel that I watched uh, uh, earlier this weekend. And guys, I hated the Hellraiser sequel. And yet, I think that bar went uncleared. Wow. Yeah, my bar was really low due to just general reviews and reviews of Halloween Kills. And it didn't even, yeah. I was just shocked by how uninterested this movie was in being scary or like having any creativity when it came to just suspense and kills or even just character development about for any of the characters that it had. None of the characters, none of their motivations made sense to me whatsoever. Also, I saw, I guess this is a spoiler for what we saw this week or whatever, but I saw Ty West's House of the Devil for the first time the other night. Oh, hell yeah. And it was really, really good. And that movie is so good about suspense. It's just, I don't know, it's just milking it. And it's so creative about still like not annoying you by withholding. And <laughs> like, and there's nothing, I was never... I never even felt like slightly tense watching Halloween ends. It was just a series of scenes that I experienced and found for the most part mildly mildly puzzling. I I'm going to give a, a really brief plot synopsis. It doesn't take time to do a plot synopsis of this movie because I do think the most interesting conversation here is trying to suss out what they were trying to do. <laughs> Because I, they were attempting something. And I will give this movie all the credit. They were doing something very different. They failed. <laughs> uh, uh, I, on, that, on that level, more interesting than the terrible Hellraiser sequel. Because that movie is generic as fuck and misunderstands its own movie monsters. But it still at least, I don't know, feels like a story. Um, <laughs> okay, Halloween ends... Uh, takes place four years after 2018, um, when uh, the night in 2018, where both Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills took place, because those took place in one night. Um, it's been four years, as you recall from a poorly shot montage something. Yeah. Judy Greer died at the end of the last one. <laughs> the only plot point in the last one that mattered, Judy Greer did die in the last 30 seconds. Uh, and despite that, Laurie Strode has completely gotten over it. It took her 40 years to getting over her cheer her babysitting friends getting killed, but her own daughter getting murdered and the murderer getting away, she's totally chill with. Now well, she bakes pie. She has a new wig. She's loving it. She's Martha <laughs> stewarding it up <laughs> in her very, very nice kitchen. But don't worry, the movie's not about her for now. The movie's instead <laughs> about Corey. Corey is a guy. Uh, when Corey was 21, back in 2019, he was a guy about to go to engineering school. However, he was babysitting a kid, and due to shenanigans, uh, he accidentally knocked the kid off a banister. The kid smashed his head open, and the movie starts out of the gate. Here's a murder. Here's a dead child bleeding out on the ground. Fun. Um, we cut to four years. Uh, the kid uh, had it years. coming, right? The kid was a dick. I agree with that. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um, the kid sucked. Uh, a little rich shit. Sure. You know what? Yes. Uh, rich children should die. Uh, this is uh, the stated purpose and message of this podcast. They should be knocked over banisters. But, <laughs> but, and you've heard it from this podcast first, don't be accused of killing that kid because your town will hate you. So three years later... Um, uh, uh, Corey was acquitted because it was an accident, but the town, unsurprisingly, fucking hates him. And he's getting bullied, but then Lori stops the bullying, and so Lori's like, hey, this guy who accidentally killed that kid, 
seems like a boyfriend for my granddaughter. So she introduces Corey to her granddaughter, Allison, who's from the previous two movies. Um, they start dating. Uh, Corey is a walking bag of red flags. But Allison and Lori are both like, seems cool. Until Lori's suddenly like, you know what? Not cool. I don't like this anymore. Uh, then Corey gets bullied. And then he gets knocked over a bridge in one of the many scenes that felt way more like a bad It adaptation than a uh, Halloween sequel. Uh, he gets knocked over a bridge, then goes into a sewer pipe where he meets Michael Myers. Michael Myers grabs him, but then doesn't kill him because he looks in Corey's eyes. And depending on how you interpret the movie, and I'm sure when they were beating out the story, they're like, this is what people are going to debate. But no, it's just stupid. Uh, he either one on of him. two things He imprints on him. Like vampires either. in Twilight. <laughs> Either Michael Myers recognizes a pre-existing evil in Corey that has been created by the town's hatred, or Michael transfers his evil to Corey magically. One or two things happens. So then Corey starts bringing people to Michael to kill or killing them himself. The kills seem to make Michael, who's very injured after kills and 2018, seem to make him stronger in the moment where this felt more like a Hellraiser remake than the Hellraiser sequel did. Um, but then Corey actually also becomes a bad boy and goes on a bunch of dates with Allison, which feels like scenes from a lesser David Lynch thing. Um, like literal shots of high, uh, street light, uh, headlights on uh, car... Uh, traffic lines um, and then uh, then Allison and Lori fight over whether Allison should date Corey uh, then Corey attacks, attacks Lori Lori defeats him Michael kills him then Lori fights Michael it's the last 10 minutes of the movie Lori wins she and Allison uh, kill Michael but then they take Michael out and they put Michael on the hood of a car and the uh, some of the police are like, we don't uh, form, like, lynch mobs in this town. But the sheriff's like, hell yeah, we do. <laughs> and so they drive a funeral procession around town with Michael's body on the hood of a car. And uh, this is triumphant, despite the fact that the previous movie spent 60% of its runtime telling us that mob violence is bad. Um, but now it's good. And <laughs> they take him to the garbage dump uh, where Corey used to work. And they grind his body up in a trash compactor. And uh, then Allison moves out of Haddonfield. And Lori finishes a bad-sounding memoir book. Um, and goes on a date with Will Patton. That is how Halloween ends. <laughs> <laughs> that is indeed how Halloween ends. No more Halloween. Veronica, Veronica, what the fuck were they trying to do here? I mean... Yeah, I really, I, I don't know. That's the thing. I'm so confused. I don't, I don't understand what the point of Corey was, I guess. I sort of, because I feel like it's, it was almost like a very, a worse Joker movie in some ways, where it was like this guy, but it just, I, yeah, I don't know what I was trying to say. I'm just I kept I kept finding myself thinking about what were the logistics of him coordinating to kill people with Michael Myers. It's <laughs> 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 like, how do do you invite him? Is there like a calendar invite? Like, how would you bro, know to bro, show up? I'm going to kill a doctor. <laughs> I just I don't know. There's so much about this that I found confusing. I just couldn't understand whose story this was because it didn't feel like it was Lori's story, which I think that's what I wanted it to be. And it didn't really feel like Allison's story, who I did not understand her motivations at all. Why does she what? madly... Corey's a hottie who accidentally killed a kid. He, that's perfect dating but material. she, again, like Michael Myers on Corey, she also seems to kind of imprint on him and become obsessed with him, having known him for, like, two days. 
it was so confusing. I can see him becoming obsessed with her, but I truly, I did not understand what she gained out of this relationship. I did not really understand what we were supposed to glean from a man who I guess is bullied a lot, then becomes a murderer. That does not seem like a super novel idea to me at all. It, yeah, just I'm not I'm not entirely sure what they were trying to say. Do you have any ideas? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to connect it to what I think. Unfortunately, also because <laughs> these movies are filmed back to back, we also have to ask what the fuck halloween kills was trying to say and both movies are a failure but i think like this movie is trying to double down on what the last movie failed to do mm. so it's like the, the you know the framework was the foundation was already broken so this building is toppling instantly mm. but like halloween kills i think was attempt well i know the Halloween kills was definitely attempting to show to broaden the story beyond Laurie Strode and her family, broaden it to the town as a whole, and show that this violence, this evil that Michael Myers uh, represents, has infected the whole town. And it's supposed to be about, you know, collective trauma. Mm -hmm. And then we have this really weird montage at the beginning of this movie where Laurie's like, then people started killing each other after Michael left. That was not in Halloween Kills. Mm -hmm. Halloween Kills had a terrible subplot about a mob violence trying to hunt down Michael Myers and accidentally killing the wrong escaped mental patient. Mm -hmm. It was a deeply silly, stupid, uh, stupid storyline that did not work. But like, that's mob violence. And that's... I don't, and the way they reacted to that, they seemed bummed that they killed the wrong guy, and then a lot of them got killed. It doesn't lead me to believe, like, like we get a bunch of shots of, like, in the, I guess in the preceding four years, a bunch of people have killed themselves on Halloween? Like, we see a woman hung herself with, like, a, like a ghost bed sheet. Two people have been shot to death in a car. Like, I don't know when those deaths happen. I don't know what it's trying to say is happening to Haddonfield other than they're all going crazy. Mm -hmm. But, like, then when we... Look, a bunch of high school students bullying a guy who, uh, is, who accidentally killed a child, you don't need a, a possessed evil town for that to be the case. Mm -hmm. uh, like... I, I just don't, I, I think the movie was trying, we have that speech that Jamie Lee Curtis gives where she's like, there's two kinds of evil. This bizarre speech she gives after stalking Corey and knowing that his eyes are evil even though he was asleep. Um, <laughs> by the way, he loses his glasses and never needs them. Uh, he drives I mean, a motorcycle fine evil, with his glasses. Your eyesight is 20 20. <laughs> Well, he's got the, the darkest eyes. Shark's eyes. Um, <laughs> we, we, his eyes are so important. We have, so yeah, she has a speech about there's two kinds of evil. There's the evil that's external, and then there's the evil that grows within you. And I think, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make Corey and Lori examples of two opposing sides mm -hmm. the two different versions she well like she had you know she she was a recovering alcoholic in 2018 she was a loner she had let this thing that she had let this thing that happened to her as a child as a teenager uh, fester within herself and turn her you know kill the humanity within her Meanwhile, Corey has faced nothing but hatred from the outside. And uh, and that has made him into a monster. And then later, he has a he says something to Lori, I think in the scene before he dies, where he says, did Michael, did you escape Michael Myers or did he let you live? And I 
do not like the implication that Laurie Strode was allowed to live and not killed. <laughs> I don't know if they're talking about something from the 2018 one, but I don't remember that being the case. But um, I think what they're saying then is that Michael recognize Michael may have recognized the same evil in Laurie's eyes in 2018 that he recognized in Corey's eyes. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is what they're going for. But I still don't know what that means. And I still don't know. They, they don't then go on to show really how Laurie was corrupted by any of it necessarily. No, in this one, she seems fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's just I feel like there are kind of interesting stuff like the bloodthirsty town is kind of interesting. Like the last scene was really reminded me of Shirley Jackson almost, you know, the town that comes together mm. to kind of murder this person very symbolically and quietly sort of like everyone knows what they're doing and they're in on it. And it's almost like a ceremonial bloodthirst. I don't know. There was there were glimpses of I don't know interesting ideas at least that this movie could tackle, but I feel like in its actual storytelling, it didn't do any of that stuff. I guess. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to come at it from another angle. <laughs> I'm I'm try I'm giving this movie such a benefit of the doubt. I'm really <laughs> trying to meet it where it lives. Um, okay. Forget, they just want to talk about the original Halloween. The original Halloween should never have had sequels. It is a one-and-done story. <laughs> it is uh, beyond, a sla uh, beyond a chilling slasher movie, a bunch of scares about babysitters. If you look at it thematically, it is an examination of evil. The question throughout the whole movie is, is Michael Myers a bad dude, or is he something that transcends just like transcends broken humanity and he is actually a force for evil and his therapist is like no i i've given up he is pure evil he is beyond humanity he is the he is the boogeyman he is not man and the end of the movie they shoot him he's dead he's just a man but then he gets up and he vanishes mm -hmm. seeming to imply that he actually that evil actually exists in this world. He was more than more than human. He was true evil. That's your that's your horror story kind of twist ending. Mm -hmm. That's the movie. That's the story. It's done. So so I guess so they've tried to make this follow up trilogy. You know, smartly enough. An examination of how interacting with evil affects people. Great. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> so we have. He's really trying, this ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying, really trying. I'm trying. <laughs> so we have this character. Uh, uh, her life has been ruined for decades because of her interaction with evil. That she's her family relationships have been ruined. She is marked for decades and decades. And it's not just her. The Will Patton character also. Uh, uh, she has trans transmitted this paranoia and fear. Fear of evil to her daughter. And ruined her relationship with her daughter. Yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Then Halloween Kills. We brought in out and we see that it's not even just this family. This whole town has kind of been warped by this evil and it breeds violence within them. Their fear of the boogeyman makes them violent monsters themselves. We get the mob, uh, uh, the mob violence storyline. Then in this one, we see the birth of a new boogeyman that this town in some way craves a boogeyman. We have that line from the <laughs> Jewish mother um, <laughs> oh God, that woman! Uh. <laughs> the 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 very Jewish Cunningham family. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's do you get it, Cunningstein. Veronica? His name is Cor his name is Corey Cunningham because it's an a, a, alliteration like Michael Myers, but he's a cheap knockoff of Michael Myers. So his name is Cunningham, like the director of Friday the Thirteenth. 
Yeah, you get it. You get it. You get it. I, 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 get it. Um, I want to come back to all the weird allusions and references. Some that are clever and some that are so stupid. Uh, kind of like that one. Um, but she says, my, you, they turned my son into a boogeyman because your boogeyman left. That, okay, that's interesting. That this town needs a Michael Myers. That because they need somewhere to direct their fear and hatred towards. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. But Michael Myers isn't dead. He's just missing. They should really still be afraid of him. <laughs> the guy who was beaten to death by a crowd of people. Then he stood up at the end of the last one. After they beat him to death, he stood up murdered a half dozen human beings adults and walked away they should still be afraid and of him they should Fuck. they clearly are still afraid of him because the whole like opening to this movie is all about how they're so afraid of him that they end up killing each other so and this kid like Corey himself the reason why he ends up killing this kid is because he's so scared of michael myers like, it's all set up that this town is still very much scared of Michael Myers. And then this woman is like, everyone should be afraid of Corey. Or everyone is afraid of Corey. And that's like, I don't think anyone at that point even knows that Corey is doing anything. <laughs> there's there's two things problem with it. One, um, one, Michael Myers, if we're going with the thing that, like, this town has been imprinted with fear and they need some something to fear now, then Michael Myers should be dead. I'm, I know why, like, Halloween Kills should have ended with them thinking they killed him, but they killed, like, I, I don't know, it's a, the wrong body or something, and he's actually still out there. But they can't do that because they want this <laughs> this ending where the town grinds their, their boogeyman up. Um, but then, it, if it's supposed to be that Corey is so hated by this town, like, for the most part... Everyone is nice to Corey. Yeah. Corey accidentally killed a child. And yet, except for a group of teenagers who are mostly pissed he didn't buy them beer, yeah. and the mother of the child he killed, mm-hmm. everyone seems pretty cool with him. Right. Lori Strode's hot granddaughter is hot to trot for him. <laughs> uh, real housewife lady is like, come hang out in my bar. It's fun. Like, uh, you know, all the, like, people are pretty nice to him. True. He's, yeah. he's, I, I, so, I don't know. It just, none of the pieces add up. I respect the movie for taking swings, but it just doesn't work. No. And, like, to, to again reiterate this movie is not scary this movie is not scary at any point i i actually read the wikipedia entry for uh, halloween kills and it said that the movie was praised for its creative kills and i don't know that that is necessarily true but like this movie has no creative kills at all it barely has any and when they happen they're so unoriginal but also lacking in suspense and any sort of build-up it just happens people die which sure i guess that that is fine that is a choice but it wasn't i don't know it just didn't feel suspenseful or interesting or entertaining in any way no we don't get any like suspenseful like stalking sequences and yeah halloween kills had a halloween kills had a lot of uh kills um and they were i i found them unpleasant and mean but at least they were there this one i went to the bathroom at one point i had to go to the bathroom i ran to the bathroom and when i got back one of the teenagers had been killed and i was like oh shit i i probably missed one of the only good kills in the movie so when i got home I looked up the movie on Peacock and I scrolled through. I found the scene. I went, oh, he died off screen. Yeah, like the drumsticks in the eye. Yeah. Yeah, you just find, they just find the kid already dead in the car with drumsticks in his eye. Like. Yeah, that's all I missed. I got back uh, before the other kids died. Yeah, I don't know. And 
also just the way they kill his dad was very sad to me for some reason i felt like his dad was probably one of the only sympathetic characters in this movie and they kind of dispatched him off in i don't know very unceremoniously never to be thought of again uh, i don't know i and again i also just don't understand yeah just i'm so confused yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's so, like, this movie feels a lot like Rise of, Rise of Skywalker in that it feels like a, a third part of a trilogy where the creator's like, oh, I didn't like what the second movie did. I'm going to do something completely different. And so they hastily try to, like, include the plot of two different movies in one movie. But the thing is... We didn't have a Ryan Johnston to J.J. Abrams thing here. Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends were made by the same people. They were filmed back to back. Yeah. So there, how are they, all these things where it's like, the last one ended with, it was so stupid at the time, but like the last one ended with like the implication that like, like, Lori gives a speech. Uh, Lori Strode plays, spends the entirety of Halloween uh, kills in a hospital bed. Um, yeah, that's that was another thing that baffled me about the synopsis for the previous one, is that, like, she does not seem to be instrumental to that movie whatsoever. No, Halloween kills feels like they were just killing time <laughs> to get to, like, they're like, oh, we got to make a trilogy now? Okay, well, let's have a second one where we just kill time for the third one and then you get to this and you're like why were you killing time you could have fit both these movies <laughs> like like why introduce fucking cory in the last movie man um but in the last the last one ends with laurie giving a speech i don't know if i can find it here but like laurie gives a speech to the will Patton character uh they're both in the hospital and she gives a speech about how like uh, I, oh god i wonder if i can find it but it's it's if i remember I, it's been you know a year now but it's about how like michael's like more like he's like he becomes stronger and he's like more than a man yada 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 and he's he's like a god or something something i don't remember mm -hmm. and then we see him rise up and kill all these people mm -hmm. okay so why do we start this one where he's a broke decrepit weak dude in a hole <laughs> yeah i also i thought there was also an opportunity if you have you know this almost demented father-son relationship between him and Corey. i don't know just do something about that i feel like they had like some i don't know i feel like that could have been interesting like you know Michael Myers' father figure. I don't know if that's the kind of thing this this movie series does, but there were some glimpses of it, and I feel like I would have at least enjoyed seeing something like that, or at least what that would look like, some thought experiment. But I feel like they didn't even go there. They, I don't think they even... I don't know. It didn't even feel like they considered what the implications of Michael Myers teaming up with someone would be and yeah well you know what my my guess is they are this movie feels haunted by two different movies not from this franchise <laughs> and i'm not just talking about the weird like david lynch sequence i'm talking <laughs> about um uh this movie feels haunted by the failure and hatred that people have for friday the 13th part five and i believe friday the 13th part eight I think it's eight. Oh, uh, of course. I was going to say the exact same thing. Obviously, it's up on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Friday the 13th Part 5 is the one after the movie. Like, in the previous one, they killed Jason. Uh, Corey Feldman put a machete through his head. And we watched his head. Oh, yeah. Corey Feldman is Tommy Jarvis. Come on, oh, Veronica. Keep, I, catch up. No. Um, <laughs> but they put a machete through his head. And we watched... Uh, Jason's like head cut in half slowly slide down the machete. Jason is dead. So 
they make another one, Friday the 13th Part 5, and it is a Jason copycat killer. At the end of the movie, it is revealed that it hasn't been Jason this whole time. It was the ambulance driver who was in one scene earlier. <laughs> Friday the 13th Part 5 is bad. It's bad for a lot of reasons. It's a it actually sounds mean... kind of fun. <laughs> Well, it's it's a mean movie. I think that's the one that was directed by a former porn director, mm. and it kind of shows. It's got one cool character who dies at a porta potty, and lots but other of than that, it is a yeah, it is a bad movie. Um, but the thing people hated most about it, this isn't Jason. Oh, this isn't my Jason. So that people famously have hated a slasher movie that has a copycat killer, mm. then. People hated Jason Goes to Hell, which is a movie where Jason is revealed to be a deadite from the Evil Dead movies and also has the ability to transfer his soul into other bodies so then those bodies kill people. Mm -hmm. um, people hate that movie too. It's also a very bad movie. But people like when people point to what they hate, they say, I don't like the fucking... Jason the body possessor bullshit. So this movie has a plot that seemingly is doing both of those things. A Michael Myers copycat and a Michael Myers who has the ability to transfer his evil to other people. But I feel like they're like in the writer's room and they're like, whoa. Because I know the people who wrote this, you know, they know they have their horror movie bona fides. They are fans as they want to assure us with every shot where a character randomly has a same haircut as a sheriff from Halloween 1 in 1978. Yes, we get it. Allison's ex-boyfriend has the same haircut as Sheriff Brackett. It's cool, although it makes that actor look like he's 40 years old, so it makes it look like this 21-year-old was dating a 40-year-old, but whatever. <laughs> um, but so they have their bona fides. So I'm sure they were like, we can't do what Friday 13th Part 5 or Jason Goes to Hell did. So I know we'll have a copycat killer who gets Michael Myers evil, but Michael will also be there. So now <laughs> so it, now we have these weird sequences where it's like, did Michael and Corey carpool to the doctor's house? Like, <laughs> I gotta know. I bet there was an invite. There has to be a calendar invite. There has to be an evite of some kind. Does Corey drop a pin? I, like sharing his location. I have seen a very funny meme that people have already made. Um, that is the shot of Corey and Allison on Corey's motorcycle. Uh, but they have people are always people have uh, uh, photoshopped Michael's head onto Allison's body oh, um, because cute. clearly that's how they traveled. Michael <laughs> uh, uh, Corey drove his motorcycle, and Michael <laughs> held on to his back. <laughs> God, yeah, it's just so bizarre. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, I forgot. But oh yeah, well, the whole anything... like, Friday the Thirteenth oh. thing. Uh, isn't the whole idea that Jason is himself a copycat killer, isn't he? Because in the first one, it's his mom, right? And then he kind of starts killing everyone. Isn't he the original copycat killer to begin with? I've not seen the movie. That is true. It is not positioned it's not positioned in the second one as if he is carrying on his mother's work or inspired by her. It's much more like he's getting revenge for her. Mm. Um but yes, I guess you could say <laughs> that little Jason Voorhees is a copycat killer Good. copying Pamela. Um but So take that yeah, haters I, of Jason Five. A new beginning or something? What yeah, Roy the ambulance driver was a cool killer. He had a different color mask. That's how you knew it was different. Yes. It had like that is a true fact. fire streaks on the side of it to say how cool he was. I wish. <laughs> no, Jason's mask has, I think, red arrows and Roy's mask has blue arrows or vice versa. I forget. Um, Veronica, was there anything you liked in Halloween End? Um, well, uh, other than the stuff that I already said, uh, I would say... Which stuff is that? Oh, the ideas. I, okay. I like some of the ideas that I assume they were going for. I feel like even that might be giving them too much. 
I mean, I like that Jamie Lee Curtis gets to work. That's nice. I like her. She seems very nice. I wish <laughs> I wish she got to do something better. Um, and I guess I like that DJ character who didn't really, at the end of the day, got a lot to do. And that was probably the the only like semi creative adjacent kill of his tongue on that turntable. I think that might have been the oh, only. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that, I don't know. I feel like that's so lackluster of praise. <laughs> oh, can, can I say, I feel like we are past the fairly reductive uh, uh, young girl fucking her way to the top uh, character from slasher movies. Like, that is a trope that we've seen. Like, that's like, um, to go back to Jason, Jason takes Manhattan the uh, uh, the slutty girl who tries to seduce the high school teacher so she can get better grades, and here we ha- like we have the Allison wants a promotion at work, but the uh, like the the bimbo doctor's assistant is fucking the doctor, so she gets a promotion. Yeah, I don't. Know, I, I just felt like a fairly like like what year are we in that we're doing this storyline? I also, I was kind of perplexed that then like he chooses to murder the doctor in order to, I guess like for Allison's benefit, even though if he murders the doctor, Allison is out of a job. (laughs) She doesn't have (laughs) a job to be promoted to. (laughs) Just think Corey, think. As they said, they're going to burn the whole city down and Corey's gonna light the match wow wow i can't believe that dialogue was in this movie <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's like competent people made this i don't know i'm sure like anyone yeah. who gets to make a movie is competent already but i feel like these people are with a proven record of doing especially in david gordon gordon green's case very nuanced human portrayals of humans you know so i don't know is this the same man who made all the beautiful girls or i don't know it's just so confusing i feel like that this is much more your highness david gordon green this is like your highness level of bad like this is (laughs) even worse than your highness to be honest I, I've heard a lot of people who are like, well, at least it's not as bad as Halloween Kills. But I'll be honest, I didn't like Halloween Kills. I think I liked it more than this. I Oof. Yeah, I mean, look, the Corey storyline was unique. It was they they <laughs> shot for the shot for the fences. But like it just didn't work. No. Say like the storyline with the mob violence last time didn't work, but it was also a very hack idea. This storyline is at least original, but still it takes up so much time and it's so uninteresting. Uh, I don't blame the actor. Okay, how about this? It, it, I didn't share anything I liked. <sighs> I don't blame any of the actors <laughs> for this movie. Yeah, the actors <laughs> did not actively were not actively sabotaging the movie with their bad acting. Like in the scene where Corey strips down to his boxers and stares into his eyes in the mirror to see if he in fact has the devil's eyes. I think the actor, his name is uh, Rowan Campbell. I think he performs that scene as well as anyone possibly could. It's just very stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I think all the actors were doing their best. It was just the material. Woof. If we wanted to... I mean, it's just... Okay, <laughs> I'm going to try try to suss this out again. Uh, it's like this movie... I don't know. What is this movie trying to say about evil? The town isn't mean enough to turn him into a villain. No. Uh, oh, fuck it. I, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you want to give it a great job? Yeah, I guess. I don't know what I'm going to grade it. Like, I'm, I'm really at oh, a loss. Uh, all right. Um, 
Three, two, two one, one, D, D minus. plus. Ooh, off by one full thing. Yeah, I almost gave it a C minus, but like, I just, I mean, I do. Again, when someone actually tries something and is actually trying a kind of new idea, I'll always give that the benefit of the doubt. But I just don't know. The execution is just so bad that, yeah. Yeah. It just also, it's not like it's a first-time filmmaker really trying. <laughs> you know, these are competent people with a proven track record. They should know better. <laughs> True, but, like, they're trying to... They're trying to do something new in a franchise that is so beholden to formula at this point um, that I can see, like, I will give them almost as much credit as I would give, like, an er like earlier filmmaker trying something new. Mm. Because it is, like, it's ballsy to do what they did. <laughs> but it's also ballsy to punch yourself in the face repeatedly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> doesn't mean it's a good idea. Uh, here's a question. Maybe we can end on this. Uh, do you think there's going to be more Halloween movies soon enough for Jamie Lee Curtis to still be in them? Or is she done? Is the franchise... I find it hard to imagine the franchise is done forever. But I feel like I can also see how this is at least Jamie Lee Curtis's last hurrah with it. At the end of the day, it's too good a title and it's too <laughs> well-known an IP. And the Michael Myers character is too valuable that no, Halloween does not end. Um, I think this, this kind of series, this, uh, this little offshoot is done. Um, I would wager We'll probably get another remake cycle in about, I don't know, 10, 15 years, maybe. Um, it, so, yeah, they'll probably... Halloween 2018 already stole the... There are now currently three movies that are just called Halloween. Right. Um, yeah, they're going to either have to wait a bit or kind of try something different. But no, there will be another Halloween movie. Will Jamie Lee Curtis be in it again? Um, I like I, it kind of depends, I think, how bad the reputation for this is. Like, I think if Indiana Jones uh, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull had been liked, I don't think we'd be getting an Indiana Jones 5 starring Harrison Ford. <laughs> I think there's a part of him that's like, oh, I, I hate that it, we ended on a bum note. Um, <laughs> if this movie go, if this, like, I feel like the die is cast on Halloween Kills. People did not like that movie. If it goes down in history as people don't like both of these movies, I don't think she's going to play Laurie Strode again. I can see her having a cameo in a future Halloween movie. Uh, maybe akin to her cameo in Halloween 3, where she's just a voiceover on a TV. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I'm going to do just a little rundown of, yes, I saw that illusion, David Gordon Green. All right. um, and I will give it my fun or stupid. <laughs> um, using the font in the opening credits from the original Halloween 3. Fun. Having Corey and his ba the boy he's babysitting watching John Carpenter's The Thing, whereas the kids in the original one are watching The Thing from Another World, the movie that The Thing is a remake of, fun. Uh, giving that, uh, <laughs> naming the character Corey Cunningham, lame. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> making, uh, uh, giving that guy, giving that character Doug the cop, I think his name is Doug, uh, Sheriff Brackett's hair. Very dumb. Um, God, what else was there? There were, there were so many. I would have to like scroll through it. Maybe I shouldn't have started this thing without having written them down ahead of time. <laughs> but like, 
when I saw them watching the thing, I was like, oh, that's cute. I like that. And that's fun. That it, it's, it's not just a John Carpenter reference. It's also a reference to the original. And it doesn't take me out of this movie. Mm. Like, that's fine. There's just so many of the other little winks and illusions were just ugh. <laughs> well, I only spotted the thing thing. So <laughs> that one I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, would you, if in a few years they made another Halloween movie following the character of Allison with a new killer threat, mm -hmm. would you go see it? I mean, unlikely, unless I'm forced to by this podcast. I feel like if there, if there's no Jamie Lee Curtis, I feel like I have zero interest in these movies <laughs> at all. So unless the reviews are glowing for some reason, I think I would probably skip on it. <laughs> yeah, Halloween is Halloween... Indiana Jones and Alien are the series that I will just see every movie, no matter what. There used to be a time when I would have thought Star Wars would remain in that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they, they made so much Star Wars <laughs> that I was like, oh, it turns out I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I guess they still don't make as many Halloween movies as they do Star Wars movies. No, if, if they were releasing Halloween movies at the pace of Star Wars, if there was like a TV, if there were like four Halloween TV shows currently airing, yeah, I would about, not be watching what them. What about Baby Michael Myers? Maybe he's very cute and he has a little Think baby it, knife. <laughs> what they should actually do is what uh, John Carpenter's original plan for the series was. And when I say what they should actually do, they shouldn't do this because it would lose a ton of money. <laughs> but from a creative artistic standpoint, what they should do is the original idea was that they were going to take the Halloween title, which is a great title, and make it an anthology series. Mm. A horror anthology series that was always set on Halloween. But they were persuaded to put Michael Myers back in the second one, despite it not making sense. Uh, then they finally got to do their anthology for the third one, and it bombed so fucking hard, <laughs> so now they'll be terrified to ever do it again. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that would be the only way, really, to continue it without just waiting ten years. Well, maybe they'll try it, or likely they won't. <laughs> I don't know. Money is powerful. Um, Veronica, what else have you watched recently? Oh, boy. I've actually seen a bunch of good movies recently. Uh, I've seen uh, two uh, Thai West movies. One new, I saw Pearl, which I enjoyed quite a bit. And one old, as mentioned earlier, House of the Devil, which I enjoyed quite a bit as well. Uh, and then I saw Triangle of Sadness, which I really, really loved. Uh because I enjoy rich people suffering. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but my favorite movie out of all the ones I've seen is Tar, The Accent on the R, starring Kate Blanchett as a world-renowned uh, uh, concert conductor. Uh, and it's so freaking good. It's like any review that calls it a movie about cancel culture is really missing the point. It's like such an interesting character study about, yeah, just like a flawed fucking human being that should not just be reduced to, I don't know, hashtag cancel culture. And Kate uh, Blanchett, amazing as always. Uh, the movie is two and a half hours. It could have been longer and I could have watched it forever. Uh, yeah. Sitar, I think it might be playing in more than four theaters when I saw it. <laughs> cool. I have not seen Tar. Uh, that's that movie about cancel culture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have seen a ton of movies as well. Some good, some bad. And it'd be easier for me to just go through really quickly. Uh, I also saw Pearl, but I talked about that last time. I saw Bros. So... Billy Eichner, <laughs> I was one of the four straight people that went. Um, 
but guess what? <laughs> My gay friends didn't go either. Oh. But I actually thought it was really good. I thought it was really cute. I want to see um, it. I, the marketing really did that movie a disservice. Do not sell your movie as being the most important movie of all time and something people have to see. People do not like that. No. Um, and also don't don't be like, don't, that was a real case of like, you know, in like sports games, uh, uh, like sports broadcasts where they try to like make every moment like historic, mm-hmm. but like it'll get so weird where they're like, wow, this, uh, so far this pitcher is pitching the best game for a pitcher in the National League whose name starts with A on a Sunday. <laughs> like dumb bullshit like that. So that's kind of what it felt like where they were like, this is the first gay rom-com released by a major studio. <laughs> Theatrically. Um, but yeah, I, I actually thought it was really uh, cute and fun. Um, I liked it. I thought it was funny. Uh, I saw Intruder which is a 1989 slasher movie made by the co-writer of Evil Dead 2. So uh, everyone devil? involved in Evil Dead... What? The devil? Do you think the, the de- devil co-wrote Evil Dead 2? Yeah, he co-wrote the Book of the Dead, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the devil co-writes all art that is not about love of Christ. Um, wow. Uh, no, it's it's about uh, written and directed by the co-writer of Evil Dead 2. Everyone involved in Evil Dead 2 is in it, including Sam Raimi in an acting role alongside oh. his brother Ted. Um, it's fun. You get a good feel for like, oh, all these people helped their buddy direct his first movie. And that's fun. The movie, unfortunately, not great. Um, Nosferatu the Vampire, Werner Herzog's uh, remake of the silent film classic. Um, 1979. I thought that was pretty great. But look, only 90s kids will understand. I will always prefer the dumb goth opera nonsense of the Francis Ford Coppola version. <sighs> um, the new Hellraiser. Didn't like it. Won't bore you bore you about why, but I did not. Uh, Werewolf by Night, the Marvel Halloween special. I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, Popcorn. Uh, an early 90s slasher movie, a proto-scream. It's one of the movies that, uh, uh, the meta horror movies that were building up at the time before Kel- Kevin Williamson figured out that the trick was to make them also really hip and cool. Um, it's cute. It's fun. It's not great. Um, <laughs> I saw Daughters of Darkness, which is a 1971, I think, Belgian a uh, vampire movie, one of the uh, first in the wave of like erotic lesbian vampire movies that came out in Europe in the period. Um, it's uh, pretty cool. It's pretty good. It's, you know, 50 years later, it's maybe more interesting than it is purely entertaining. Um, but the performances are great and it's very 70s. Uh, mm. And then I rewatched Killer Clowns from Outer Space. First time I've seen that since I was a kid. That movie still fucking rules killer clowns <laughs> from outer space and it has one of the greatest theme songs of all time all right sing it with me now <laughs> uh foo, don't dare me i will <laughs> uh yes i've watched a lot of horror movies it's october Spooky. i also rewatched dracula dead and loving it yeah. Oh wow. The, not great. I actually <laughs> forgot that I too saw a Werner Herzog movie. I saw Agira The Wrath of God for the first time. And that oh. movie is very fun. Uh Klaus Kinski so, yells at a horse at one point. It's a delight. <laughs> in Nosferatu, he uh uh walks slowly and looks sad. Wow. He plays Dracula. Spooky. <laughs> well john he's also uh he's also one of the best uh draculas at uh when he uh, uh sucks the blood out of a woman's neck he does always cop a feel um he is always grabbing a breast when he's sucking the blood out of a woman's neck um they made a sequel to that movie not directed by werner herzog and if you read about the production that's something he apparently did while they were filming and the other people on set particularly the actresses he worked with did not like it oh really oh man i hear women love it when you cup a feel (laughs) 
<laughs> and I had heard that Klaus Kinski was such an even-tempered, uh, chill dude to work with. Well, yeah, there's a there's a scene in Aguirre where, like, he 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 has a daughter in that movie that he brings along with him to for the journey, and the way he treats her is very creepy as the character. Knowing what we do no- now know about Klaus Kinski, though, adds an extra layer of creep to the proceedings. <laughs> Klaus Kinski mm. apparently assaulted his daughter. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to end the podcast on that. Uh, 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 Veronica, are there any big horror movies you're going to try to watch before the, the month is over? Well, I think I might check out Prom Night because I've never seen it. And I now paid for Peacock for a month, so I might check it out. And I might see Rosemary's Baby, which I've also never seen. So those are my two, uh, you know, Halloween movies. I feel like I have a whole week, so I'll do it. I have seen Rosemary's Baby. Um, uh, Let's not talk about the personal lives of people involved in that movie, or else we'll have to keep this (laughs) podcast going. Um, But I have also not seen Prom Night. And I'm paying for Shudder right now, the horror movie streaming service, and I'm pretty sure it's on there. So maybe we should both watch Prom Night. And in our next episode, it will definitely not be about Prom Night, but maybe we'll talk about it at the end. Yay. But what could our next episode be about, John? Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, please, drum roll. Oh no, Michael Myers is going to stick my drumsticks in my eyes. Uh, It could be about... The movie Argo. Fuck yourself. Oh. Uh, it could be about Jackass, colon, the movie. It could be <gasps> about Under Siege. Oh, dear God. I hope it's not Under Siege. Or uh, it could be First Blood, the first Rambo movie, which I've never oh, seen. Oh, wow. Me neither. Um, uh, I did watch Jackass the movie recently. Did I see that with you? Yeah, we watched it together. <laughs> yeah, Gwen, Gwen's house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my least favorite of the series. Um, by a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we'll talk about one of them, or we'll make the the episode too late and talk about a new movie. We'll <laughs> see what happens next time on Box Office Time Machine. <laughs> toot toot. Oh no, Veronica's batteries died. We gotta recharge her. We gotta go, guys. We gotta go. Toot 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 toot.